So we are in the second week of our Shepherds of Fire series. How many of you guys remember the gist, the main points of last week? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, Shepherds of Fire. We serve a God of fire, right? That's like the foundational piece to the fact that we can then be shepherds of fires, that we serve a God of fire. So the first point we talked about was how his power and his presence are with us. I mean, think about that fire mountain with all the electricity and smoke. Like, that, that's the God that we serve, and he does that like it's nothing. And so if he's with us, there's nothing we cannot do in him. And then we talked about how God is a refining fire, how he, he allows us to go through some hard things so that we can be refined so that all the the junk that we don't even want in our lives that that hurt us can come to the surface and he can deal with it so that he can heal us and free us and ultimately make us more happy and so because we serve a a god of fire then we are able to walk out our calling our identity as shepherds of fire and so we're going to cover a lot today of what that looks like and there's going to be some some different uh aspects to it and so i'd love for you guys to pull out your pen and paper and just as I'm speaking today, if God speaks something to your heart as we're going, just write it down. Write it down, something to remember it by so that when you take it home, you can remember, okay, what, what are you trying to do in me, God? What, what are you trying to speak to me? So I encourage you, if you hear something that God says to you, write it down. So we are entering this new season as, as God is calling us up to be shepherds of fire. Uh, and we're going to expound on that today, but, but ultimately it's about desiring and doing God's will. Our foundational verse, one of them for this season, is Philippians 2.13. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So God is, is working in us, giving us the, the ability and even the desire to do what, what makes Him happy, what, what makes us ultimately happy happy. You know, uh, I think that a lot of us can hear desire and do God's will. We can hear it as just like another set of rules that we have to obey. Like, I follow rules at home. I follow rules at school. Now, now God, you're telling me I have a bunch of rules that I got to follow. Like, can't you just give me some freedom? Give me a break? Like, I think if we're being honest, sometimes obeying God can sound kind of boring, right? If we're, if we're talking about in our, our flesh, but listen to what Jesus has to say about obeying him. John 15 says, Jesus said, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Now remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. And why, did, why does he tell us these things? I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy, with my joy. Yes, your joy, your happiness, your pleasure, your excitement for life will overflow. And we hear God saying, obey me, do my will. And in our flesh, our natural response can be, man, that, that sounds so boring. Or, or God, you're just trying to ruin all my fun, but... Jesus, our creator, the one who knows us, who knows how we're wired, who knows everything that that actually makes us deeply happy, he's saying, look, if you'll just obey me, if you will do my will, you will be exponentially happy. You'll have so much happiness that you can't even contain it. It will overflow. Like you think about a bucket that is overflowing with water. You just put a hose in a bucket, and the water just keeps coming out, keeps coming out. 
That is what God wants to do in each and every one of your lives and my lives. He wants us to overflow with happiness in Him. You know, I think that this life can often be a desert. It's like walking through a desert. It's just dry. Show me my desert. Look, look how miserable. Like the, there's cracks on the ground. It can feel like we're just walking through the desert at times. Life is hard. How many of you guys are going through something hard right now? A lot of us have these hardships in our lives, and it could feel like, like it's just a dry, arid place where there's no hope, there's no life. And in that state, most of us settle, I think. I settle so often. And I'm like, I'm like a man. Show me my next picture. I'm like, I'm like this guy who has a hot bottle of water with a few drops at the bottom, and I'm like, okay, this, this will satisfy me. How many of you guys have ever drank a bottle of water that's been sitting in the sun in, like, Texas summer heat all day? Like, hot, stanky, nasty, hot water? That just makes you want to drink some, right? No, it makes you want to gag. Like, you drink it, like, oh, okay, I'll just take another swallow. That's what so many of us do when we run to the things of this world to satisfy us, to give us life, instead of running to Jesus, our maker. When we run to social media, or when, when we run to, to pornography, or to video games, or, or just to entertainment, or, or whatever we run to, other than Jesus, is like us trying to be satisfied by a couple of drops of hot water in the desert. But what, is, what does Jesus want to do for us? He wants to bring us to the oasis of himself. Check, check this out. Like, if you're in the middle of a desert and you walk up and you stumble upon this, man, your life has changed. You're going to go for a swim. You're going to drink until you you're, can't drink anymore. Like, you have the opportunity for, for life and safety because you're in the oasis in the midst of the desert. And that is what Jesus is for us. He says, guys, I, I love you so much. And because I love you, I'm telling you, I'm warning you, please just obey me. Because my commands, the things I tell you to do are for your good. He wants to bring us to the oasis. And so how many of you guys want to be deeply happy? How many of you guys want to be happy? I do. Everyone in the world wants to be happy. We are designed, we are created for happiness. And we are designed and created to find our happiness in the only one that can satisfy us, and that is Jesus. Our identity begins with the fact that we serve a God of fire. But it continues, out of that, out of that foundation, God in this season is calling us to be shepherds of his fire. Show me Andy's drawing. So one of our small group leaders drew this. It's a shepherd of fire. That dude is awesome. He's like a, a, a sand dune people from, from uh, Star Wars. Like he, he is shepherding that fire like a boss. I, I want to be like that guy. What does it mean? How do we become a shepherd of fire? That, that's what we're going to dive into today. I think oftentimes when we want to know how to do something, it often helps to first see what not to do. And so as we're looking at what does it mean to, to shepherd fire? I want to burn this next image in your mind and, and just want to warn you guys, just don't, don't do this. Check this out. 
Last week I gave a fire safety talk. <clears throat> and nobody paid any attention. It's my own fault for using PowerPoint. PowerPoint is boring. People learn in lots of different ways. But experience is the best teacher. Today, smoking is gonna save lives. What's the procedure? What do we do, people? The are dead. Oh, how did that happen? It's out in the hall. No, we don't know that. The smoke could be coming through an air duct. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? No, no, Michael, no. Touch the handle. If it's hot, there could be a fire in the hallway. What does warm mean? Oh my gosh! Mm. Not a viable option. What next? Don't try. Over the other door. Oh, here's a door. Check that one out. How's the handle? It's warm. Okay, go to the back well, door. Well, uh, another option. Another option. Jeez. Okay, settle down, everyone. No, I forgot my purse. Leave it, woman. Get out of the way. Go, go, go. No, things can be replaced, Phyllis. People, human lives, however, can. Okay, we're trapped, everyone for himself! Okay, let's go! Let's go! Get out of my way! Okay, okay. Oh, okay. okay, procedure, procedure. Excellent option. Where do we go, folks? Use a what to cover the mouth? A what? A rag, a damp rag, perhaps. Let's remember those procedures. What are the options? Okay. That's the wrong way. We've already tried that. Remember your exit points. Exit points, Oscar. people. What's next? Huh? Stay alive. I'm getting help. Pull me up. You're too heavy. Stay bandit. How about 911? Anyone? 911. What do we do? Use this surge of fear and adrenaline to sharpen your decision making. Okay, I am not dying here. Come on. <laughs> What? Fire. Not real. This was merely a training exercise. So, what have we learned? So when we're thinking about how to shepherd fire, don't do that. If you're planning to try and uh, teach somebody a lesson by having a fake fire and committing a felony and yelling fire in a busy area, don't do that. That's a bad idea. You go to prison for a long time. If we're looking at, okay, we saw what not to do, right? Let, let's go to the positive side. What, what should we do to be shepherds of fire? You know, God was the first one to call us the, the people that would shepherd his fire. If you, if you look at Matthew 3, 11, it says, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Baptize you 
consume you with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, his fire. So God is not surprised by, by us wanting to know, okay, how do, we, how do we take care of this fire that God has given us? How do we shepherd it well? And, and I think first for us to know how to shepherd fire, we should probably know what a shepherd is. Like, do you guys know what a shepherd is, what, what they do? Show me my shepherd man. That guy's taking care of that cute little lamb. Look at that guy. So what does a shepherd do? They protect, they care for, and they lead. So how does this apply spiritually to us? How do we protect and care for and lead this fire? Well, these guys actively and intentionally do these things as they protect and care for. And so we, as we're called to be shepherds of fire, we need to be actively and intentionally caring for the things that God has given us, the passions that he has given us, the things that he has called us to do. And we need to be leading others in what it looks like to, to also receive the Holy Spirit, God's fire, and then to walk it out. You know, I, I think of Freedom just a month ago. How many of you guys were, were part of Freedom Weekend? It was an amazing time together. But if you just think about any time that you have had a a powerful worship experience or, or, or teaching experience or anything where you've, you walk away feeling like you've grown close to God, just, just picture that here. I mean, take a look at, at you guys worshiping. Y'all were worshiping with passion, with fire. You were, you were caring for what God was, was putting inside of you by, by leading out in worship, by leading out in service. You, you guys were, check out the next slide of the baptism, like you guys were, were caring for what, it God, what God had called you to do by walking it out in obedience. God called you, hey, give your life completely to me. You guys are like, shoot, I don't care if I'm, I have all my clothes on. I'm, I'm getting baptized. I'm obeying no matter what. I don't care how foolish it looks. I just want Jesus. Man, we were shepherding the fire of God. We were caring for what he was giving us during that weekend. But I think what happens so often after kind of mountaintop events like that is we come back to the reality of life and we're hit with the sledgehammer of our own brokenness, of the brokenness of this world, and we're left a little disillusioned, like, man, what, what was all that about? Did that even matter? Was that, was that even real? I remember whenever I went to Ecuador, I was there for a month on a mission trip with a team, in college, and it was so amazing. The entire time, like we were worshiping every day, we were in God's word, we were, we were being taught, we were going out and serving these, these people and building up these local churches. It was an amazing time, and I left feeling so on fire for God. Like, I remember just thinking, like, God, I don't think I'll ever fall away. I am so in love with you. I'm so on fire for you. I just want to do whatever you want me to do. And I got back to Houston, and within like two days, I'd fallen right back into my pornography addiction, my video game addiction. I was, fell right back into depression. It was like a, a freight train had hit me and had wiped away all those things it felt like in the moment. But what, what was wrong? Did, did God forsake me? Did God leave me? Absolutely not. God never leaves his children. He never forsakes us. 
what, what I had done, I had stopped shepherding the fire that God had given me. I had stopped caring for it. I had stopped protecting it. I had stopped leading others in what it looks like to, to receive God's fire, to walk out the fire of God, passion, love for him. Guys, I know that after freedom, and even just in general, I, I know a lot of you guys are struggling. What, what are you struggling with here today? Are you struggling with some addictions, some emotional problems, feel heavy, depression, anxiety, are you struggling with some, some bad relationships? I mean, just ask God real quick. God, what, what are you calling me to, to get rid of of my life? What is robbing me of my happiness, of my fire in you? Whatever it is, just write it down. Keep it in mind. So if we know the problem, if we know that we're prone to, to leave the, the fire, if we're prone to let it dwindle, then the question becomes, how do we maintain the fire? How do we, how do we stoke it? How do we add fuel to the fire so it becomes even greater and bigger in our lives? Well, it's found in one of our foundational passages for this year. Nehemiah 8, verse 10, it says, And the joy of the Lord is your strength. How do we strengthen this fire that God has given us? Well, we have to find His joy. We have to receive the joy of God. Okay, great, Kalen. What does that even mean? Well, let's take it a step further. How, how do we find this joy to strengthen us. Like if the joy is the key, then where do we find the joy? Well, it's found in Psalm 16, verse 11. He says, you show me the life-giving path, and in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are eternal pleasures. So the secret to God's power, to God's strength, to God's fire being maintained in our lives is us putting ourselves in God's presence. Because that's where we find our fullest happiness is in God's presence. So the question is, all right, let's take it a step further. We know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that in his presence is fullness of joy. Let's, let's take it another step back and ask the question, okay, how do we get into his presence? How do we find his presence? It's found in Jeremiah 29. This is God's decree over you. It says, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. And when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Love that. If we will give ourselves wholeheartedly to seeking God every day, every morning, every afternoon, every evening, if we'll give ourselves wholeheartedly to seeking God, then he says that he will be found by us and we won't be disappointed. Man, we so often go to the things that this world has to offer. Man, when I'm having a bad day, whenever I'm feeling depressed or, or angry, or like my go-to is I just want to watch a movie. I just want to veg out on the couch and watch a movie because I just want to be saved from the reality of my situation. And so I want to zone out for a couple of hours. And so I pop in a movie and I, I lay on the couch and it's great until the movie's over. 
and then I'm right back where I began. So what do I do? I pop in another movie. Maybe another one will fix it. Like, if, okay, if I just watch an even better movie, if I watch an Oscar winner, maybe that'll heal my heart. Maybe that'll fill my soul. But I'm always left disappointed. God here in Jeremiah 29, he says, look, if you'll seek me with everything you have, if you'll give yourself wholeheartedly to finding me, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. This is the God of the universe, the God that never lies. Everything that comes out of his mouth is 100% true. So he's saying, look, my sons, my daughters, if you will just seek me with all you have, passionately, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. That is the God that we serve. And so we we see the formula for, for maintaining this strength, this fire in the Holy Spirit is, is first, show me my slide, we got to get into his presence. Because in his presence we find joy, and, and his joy is our strength. Okay, well then how do we get into his presence? We have to seek him with everything that we have. Did you guys experience God's presence at, at Freedom Weekend or at, at a similar event? Did y'all experience God setting you on fire, filling you with passion for Him? Man, I, I think about what, what did we practically do? Like, what were the practical things that went into making that happen? Making us feel like, man, I want to serve God with all my heart, all my soul. I don't care what it looks like to anyone else. I just want to be with Him. What, what did we do to, to foster that together. Well, first of all, man, we worshiped passionately. Man, are, are they bored? Are they like, oh, man, I'd rather be watching Seinfeld right now. No. Man, when we get into God's presence and we worship him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might, it fills us with such joy because we were created to be with him in his presence, that is what we are designed for. And everything that we're doing is searching for that home that's found in him. What else do we do? We worship passionately. We, we got into God's word. We heard God's word preached every day, multiple times a day. And we also got into God's word alone in our quiet times. It was just me and God. God, what do you want to say to me today? What do you, what do you have for me today? And we, we got into God's word, and, and he spoke to us. He, he lit that fire inside of us because of it. What else did we do? We gathered together and prayed. I mean, we, we were praying over each other. We were getting prayed over. And it, it's not boring. It's not lame. When, when we feel the burdens of this life, I go to somebody and I say, I I am just struggling right now. Will you pray for me? And they pray over me. I am filled with such encouragement and such hope that, okay, it's not all up to me. God's got this. God's got this. And whenever I get to the the blessing, the privilege of praying over somebody who does the same to me and says, hey, Caitlin, will you just pray for me? I'm, I'm hurting right now. I'm struggling. Will you pray over me? And God fills me with such joy, such happiness because... I get to do what I was made to do. I get to pray over 
his people. What else do we do? We, we spent time investing in, in deep friendships. Like, like the joy that we get to experience just because we're, we're in the, the church, the body of Christ. We're with other believers. Man, and there's, there's no, like, oh, you're different than me. I can't hang out with you. Oh, you're, you're older than me. You're younger than me. I can't hang out. In the body of Christ, the one thing that we have in common and the only thing that matters is that we have Jesus. And so we get to enjoy these friendships with each other with, with no pretense, with no bitterness and, and gossip when we're doing it God's way. Man, that is, that is life-giving, walking in deep friendships with other believers. We also got to serve together. Like we went out into the community, and we got, to, we got to pour into people that we didn't even know. I mean, are, are those guys bored? No, they're cracking. I, that lady might be asleep. <laughs> Maybe. Or she's laughing. I'm not going to say that. She, she might be asleep. But they're not, they're not bored. They're enjoying life. Because they're getting outside of themselves and they're pouring into other people that are never going to be able to repay them. They just get to say, hey, Jesus loves you. You know how I know that? Because he loves me. And I've seen what he's done in my life. Guys, when we get outside of ourselves and serve, it fills us with joy. Because it's another way that we get into God's presence. What's the last way that I think of? I think of passing it on. And I so often fail at this part. What does it mean to to pass it on? It means that whatever God is doing in our lives, whatever he is teaching us, whatever he is filling us, the fire that he is giving to us, he's given to us, yes, to make you happy, yes, to make you filled with joy and contentment and peace, but he's also given it to you for you to pass on to someone else so that they can be filled with happiness, they can be filled with joy, forgiveness, contentment, Hoarded blessings rot. And so when we have these, these blessings that God gives us and, and we don't pass them on to others, man, they, they rot inside of us. And, and that's when we experience the flame of God going out is when we don't pass it on to others. I think of someone in our student ministry that, that shared a story recently of, of passing the fire onto others. I think of Ethan. I think Ethan. What's up, dude? Ethan shared a story a couple weeks ago. He talked about how his cross-country team had started just praying before every meet, getting together in a room and just praying, God, would you be glorified? Would you do what only you can do? Lord, it's not about us. It's all about you. And because they, they sought the Lord, God did amazing things in them. And, man, they won the state championship which no one had ever given them any hope of doing, all because of God. And then when people asked them about it, Ethan and his team were like, it's all God. It's God. He did it. We, we didn't do anything. God showed up. And they, they were faithful to pass on this fire to each other and then to the outside world. But man, it, it, it takes some courage to pass on what God is doing in our lives. It, it took some courage for them to say, hey, I know we could just keep watching a movie or whatever. Can we just stop and pray? Can we stop and, and call on the only one who's able to do anything for us, to, to, who's able to do whatever he wants in our lives? Can we just talk to him for a minute? 
It's really simple. All it was was, hey guys, let's pray. But it took some real strong boldness and courage to be that guy, right? To be the one that says, hey, can we, can we do what really matters and call out to God? Man, people are just looking for someone to follow. If you are a believer in this place, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, then you are a leader. You have influence. God has given you influence over people around you, whether that's your family, whether that's your classmates, whether that's people in in your student ministry, whether that's random people that you meet at work, wherever it is. If you are a believer, then God has given you influence. You are a leader. And so many people around you are just waiting for somebody to lead them. If we'll step out in faith and do the awkward thing and say, hey, can we pray? Man, so many people will be like, yeah, yeah, let's pray. But we have to initiate, we have to take that step of faith. So who do you have influence over? Maybe just think through your Rolodex of people, think through everyone in your contacts list. Who do you have influence over that God is calling you to start passing on some fire to? To start passing on the truth that God has been speaking to you. Who in your life is he calling you to pass that on to? Maybe, just maybe, God is waiting for us to take a step of faith and say, God, no matter what you're calling me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't care if it looks silly. I don't care if it looks stupid. I don't care if the world laughs at me. God, if you want to do something in me, then move me because I want to obey you no matter what. If we will just do that, man, might God want to surge his fire through you and ignite your entire home, your entire church, your entire school on fire for him? And maybe God is just waiting for us to step up, to lead out, to pass on the things that he's given us. And the beauty of it is, is that it's not us. Like there's no pressure on us to, to perform or to be perfect because it's all God anyways. But we need to be passing it on. I, I think about like a, a match. If you light a match, how long does it light for? Like 20 seconds maybe if you're good at it. If you're not, then you burn your fingers and you're flipping it out real fast. A match goes out real fast. Why? Because it's by itself. Because it's not catching anything else on fire. But you put a ton of sticks together, you, t- you put a, a ton of, of shavings together and timber, and you light a match underneath it, man, you get a bonfire. And that, that's nothing more than a bunch of sticks put together that are all on fire together. As we... The body of Christ, we need to be doing this together. We need to be on mission with other believers. We can't do this alone. We're not made to do this alone. Each of you is vital to us experiencing revival in this city. I don't know if you believe that or not, but each of you is vital to God's mission of of redemption and reconciliation and love towards this city what is your part in it whatever it is we can't do it alone we need other people that are on fire with us 
You know, last week I, I told you all, I promised you I would tell you my dumpster fire story. And I'm a man of my word. So, to my shame, to my discredit, here is my story. You guys, at Freedom, if you can see the, the little uh, pot of, of gold there that we set on fire, that was a t-shirt um, that we set on fire for a, a um, what's it called, sermon illustration for Friday night. Well, the thing is, we needed to test it. And so the week leading up to it, we were like, okay, let's just get an old t-shirt. We'll get the same bowls we're going to use. We'll get the same lighter fluid we're going to use. And we'll just test it, right? Because we're smart and we're men. And so we go out there and we soak the mess out of it in lighter fluid. Like it, it, is, it is dripping in a puddle. And, and Javi was even like, hey, Kalen, um, I think that's too much lighter fluid. I was like, no, never too much lighter fluid. You can never have too much lighter fluid. Have you ever seen fire? It's awesome. And so we soak it, set it on fire, and it's just this awesome blaze. And it, it is on fire for a good solid hour. Like it's just sitting there on fire. Well, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let it sit, give it a couple of hours, and then I'll, I'll come back to it and, and clean up the mess that we had made. And so I gave it a couple of hours, and it was sitting there just smoldering, just a little, little bit of smoke coming out. I touched it. I was like, oh, it's not, it's not hot anymore. Well, the thing is, we had rolled this T-shirt into a tight little ball. Like, we had rolled it so tight and then soaked that thing in lighter fluid. But the, the outside was fine. Like, it, it wasn't hot. And so I, I take it over here into the student building, which now I realize is probably a bad idea. I, I took this, this thing into the student building, and I, I ran some water over it. And I was like, oh, it's good. It's good. It's out. I walk out to the dumpster, pick it up, boop, throw it in business done. I cleaned up our mess. Like, I'm, I'm the hero. I know. I don't want to brag. Two hours later, I'm sitting in my office, and I hear the door go, there's a fire in the dumpster. Jocelyn had run into the staff building. It's like, there's a fire. I don't know what to do. It's in the dumpster. And immediately I knew, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that was probably me. And so I bolt up out of my chair, and I grab the nearest fire extinguisher, and I start sprinting as much as you can with this, like, baby fire extinguisher. And I get out there, and I was imagining, like, when she said, there's a fire in the dumpster, like, you know, a little fire in there, a little bit of smoke. Guys, I walk up to the gates of the dumpster, and I open them, and 15 feet of flames are shooting up before me. It was like a... An, Inferno, it was like being before a furnace. I, I've never been around a fire that big. And so I did the only thing I knew how to do. I was like, how do you work a fire extinguisher? I don't want to throw it in. No, don't do that. Okay, so I pulled the pin. I'm like, all right, this is the first time using this. Experience is the best teacher. And so I start dousing this thing with the fire extinguisher, and all this like fire extinguisher dust is in my eyes and my nose. And I'm trying not to catch my eyebrows on fire because that would be weird. And I empty an entire industrial strength fire extinguisher on this fire. And it's still going, whoosh, whoosh. I'm like, you, get fire You, everyone, spread out, get fire extinguishers. We grabbed seven giant fire extinguishers, one after the other. We're laying them on the fire, and they won't go out until we finally get the last of the fire extinguishers on there. We get seven full fire extinguishers to put this fire out, and it's still smoldering. We find a hose, and we dump it on there. And once this fire's out, I just, like, pass out on the concrete. I'm like, okay, guys, um, it's been nice working here. 
I'll see y'all later. I was like, I'm, I'm the guy that takes these kids to Colorado and like sets fires in the wilderness. I probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. I set this dumpster on fire. The, the thing was, is it wasn't just the dumpster. This dumpster was close to a fence. Hey, Aaron, show me my first clean dumpster. You see, the, the dumpster is close to the fence. What you can't see in this picture is that there's a, a big oak tree right above it. Um, and right on the other side of it is the giant, like, $100,000 air conditioning units for the entire church property, which is right by the fence, which is right by the main building. Guys, I almost burned down the entire campus with my dumpster fire. But, alas, I did not. The only thing I did was, like, Iron Man destroy this dumpster. That was me. I did that. So, I don't know if you can see this or not. This steel of the dumpster is like eight gauge thick. Like, it is some serious steel. I had warped it with my fire. And not only that, all of the paint had peeled off. And then it discolored the steel to look like, seriously, Iron Man had just like, boosh! I, I don't even know. If you'll notice, at the top of the dumpster, uh, where there should be lids, those had disintegrated. Like, they had just go, they gone. It was a mess, but it was awesome. I'm not going to do it again, but it was cool. What is the point of this story? It's a great question. Besides, besides fire safety, I had a small smoldering ember. I threw it into the dumpster where there was other flammable things in there. There was a lot of things that could catch on fire. If I had just left that shirt out on the pavilion, out on the concrete, and just let it smolder, it would have gone out, I don't know, 12 hours. It would have been totally safe. It wouldn't have caught anything on fire. But because there was this tiny ember living inside of this balled-up shirt that got thrown into the dumpster where there's other things to catch it on fire. This thing became a raging, consuming inferno. How does that apply to us? Well, man, mo most of us, many of us, are that shirt just sitting out there by ourselves. And we try and keep ourselves on fire, but we do it by ourselves. And eventually we, we burn out. We dwindle away. But guys, if we will stop trying to do this by ourselves and we'll do it with the body of Christ, we'll do it with other people, we'll pass on this fire that God has given us, man, then we will become a consuming fire in our, our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our schools. Man, what would it look like for 300 on-fire students from Wood's Edge to gather together on one single-minded focus and purpose of, Jesus, whatever you want us to do, we're going to do. I don't care how silly or foolish it looks. I just want to obey you. And how would our city change? It would be completely transformed. How would your homes change? It would be completely transformed. How would you change? Man, power over addictions and struggles, freedom from depression and self-reliance and when we allow the consuming fire the God of fire Jesus Christ to consume us it only brings good things 
in our lives. But we have to maintain that fire. We can't let it dwindle out and burn away. So we, we talked about how to, how to find the joy of the Lord, how to find his strength is in his presence. Well, we're just going to roll through a list of a bunch of different ways that you can get into God's presence. And as we're looking at this, I want you to write down, okay, what are the ways that God is calling me to focus in on? What are the things that he's calling me to do? Do more of or do at all? Check this out. Look at your, how's your daily time with God? Man, if we're not daily being relit by the God of fire, if we're not daily receiving his fire, then we're going to burn out so fast, just like I did after Ecuador, because I wasn't meeting with God every day. I wasn't receiving what he had for me. And if you guys haven't tried a small group yet, I, uh, I beg you, do community with other believers, whether it's here or another church, I don't care, as long as you're doing it with other believers where they can encourage you and you can encourage them and you get to use the gifts that God has given you. And if, if you're not a part of a small group, come this Wednesday, check it out. It is, it is so rich, so good. We have upper room is another way that you can shepherd this fire. Man, when we gather together, it's just, just students in here crying out, praying to the Lord. God, would you change us? Would you move? Would you revive us? And if you haven't been a part of that, come this Friday. It is powerful, rich. Not because we do anything special, but because God shows up because we're seeking him with all of our heart. We're getting to find his presence because we're seeking him with everything that we have. I mean, if, if, if you're not serving together somehow, if you're not going out and serving other people, whether it's inside of this church, whether it's outside here locally, whether it's overseas on mission trips, like you, you need to be doing all of these things. If you want to enter into God's presence, if you want to receive his happiness on a daily, weekly basis, then we got to start looking outside of ourselves and serving others. Maybe, I just had this idea, maybe instead of listening to the garbage music that, that most of us listen to, let, let's just listen to worship music for 30 days and see how God doesn't fill us with joy and peace. Maybe God's calling you to do something radical at, at your school or in your neighborhood and start, start a Bible study with them. Like, hey, hey, guys, I don't know enough to, like, be a teacher, but I know that I love God and I want to know him more. Can we just get together and, and study God's word? Like, whatever that looks like, I don't even know, but, but can we do that together? And people are just waiting to be led. If, if 20 of you guys would do that this week, and our schools would be transformed, God would would do radical things in and through us and we would get to experience his joy, his happiness because we're in his presence. And maybe it's as simple as just starting to ask the people in your home and the people at your school, hey, how can I pray for you? Is there any way I can pray for you? I'd love to pray for you and just pray for them on the spot. It's a low pressure way to be sharing the fire of God, to be shepherding the passion that God has given you. And discipling, mentoring other people. Who are you pouring into? 
If you just know one more thing, if you're one step ahead of somebody younger than you, then man, you have the ability, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, if you're a Christian, you have the ability to pour into them because you have the God of heaven inside of you. So who, who are you pouring into? Man, we, we need to be shepherding, to be passing on this fire. If God's bringing someone in your mind right now, write them down. Like, man, I need to ask them if, if we can start meeting together and I can start pouring into them, discipling them. Maybe it's as simple as just sharing your God stories. I think of, of Miha who, who shared her story um, a couple weeks ago, same day as, as Ethan did. And she said, man, I am just so on fire for the Lord. I can't stop telling people about it. And she was so on fire for the Lord. And one of the, the main reasons that she was excited about what God was doing was because she was sharing it with everybody she had an opportunity to. And so the things that God is doing in your life, who have you shared it with? Who have you reached out to and said, hey, can I just share what God's doing in my life? Maybe it's your, your sibling. Maybe it's your parent. We've got to be passing these things on. We're going to move into a time of response. I want you to bring your uh, prayer cards and pens out. And guys, just like every week, the most important part of, of a sermon, of hearing God's word, of hearing truth, is, okay, what am I going to do because of it? How am I going to obey out of this? Okay, God, you've given me the ability to desire your will today. Now, now I need to be able to do your will this week. So what is God calling you to do? I want you to just maybe close your eyes if it helps to remove distractions. Just ask God, God, out of this, what are you calling me to do this week? Not in 10 years, not in a year. God, what actions do I need to take today? God, by 5 p.m. today, what are you calling me to do? Each of you has something. Whatever it is, write it down and write out your prayer to him. God, help me to do that. Help me to obey. practical way to just walk this out, walk out obedience is if you're not in a small group, man, join us this Wednesday get plugged in with a group of believers if you haven't been to Upper Room, you haven't come to pray and worship with us man, come this Friday it's going to be powerful, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be life giving I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed just like God said, if we will just seek him with everything we have with all of our passion, all of our soul we won't be disappointed. We're going to continue to respond together with taking communion. We're going to just remember Jesus' broken body and shed blood for us. We have our tithes and offering. We're going to worship together. Man, just like at Freedom, there was, there was nothing special about the worship at Freedom besides the fact that we were expecting God to do something. And so God doesn't need 18 songs of worship to move in power in our lives, right? What, what if 
this, this next song that we sang, we decided, okay, God, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop passing by what you're calling me to do. I'm going to stop being absent on the sidelines, and I'm going to get engaged with what you're asking me to do. I'm going to walk out your will, which is to worship you, because I know when I do, I find joy and happiness. And what if we just did that? Let's worship with all that we have, with all of our being. And if you will, money-back guarantee, I promise you will not be disappointed. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are desperate for you. God, we beg you to move in power. We beg you to fill us with the grace to walk out these things that you're calling us to do. God, for each person in here, whatever you have, have called them to do, whatever you have convicted them of, Lord, give them such grace. Pour out amazing power and grace in their lives to be able to obey you because when we obey you, we find deep happiness and joy and fulfillment. So God, give us the grace to do that today. Lord, we want to worship you with all that we have because we know that you are worthy and that it fills us with such happiness. We love you, Jesus give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's respond together.